Hello, I'm Mike Patra, and I'm the host of the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. Come join us as we go game by game, breaking down our top plays, fades, values, pivots, and talk overall strategy for both tournaments and cash games. And the best part, we're doing this seven days a week. So come check us out. That's Hoopball DFS Today. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Patria for any updates, listener contests, and DFS information. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hoop Ballers! Welcome back to another episode of Today in Sports Betting. It is Friday around lunchtime on the East Coast, and we have a fantastic, fantastic show for you today. We have a special guest on to talk about his involvement in the sports betting industry, and I couldn't be more excited. Before we go ahead and introduce him, let's give a shout out to our sponsors over at Manscaped.com. They got the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. And their water-resistant technology is unbelievable, allows you to groom in the shower. Go over to manscaped.com, type in the promo code HOOPBALL20, that's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping. Guys, we have Mike Palm, the Vice President of Operations for the D, Golden Gate, and Circa with us today. Mike, how are you? Good morning, Ira. I'm great. Uh, happy Friday to you, and uh, thanks for having me on. 
Yeah, I'm really excited, Mike. I've been a fan of yours for a long time. So it's, it's almost like uh, one of those things that you think you'll never get to do is uh, have your own show and then go ahead and have some guests on that you've been looking up to in the industry for such a long time. Uh, you know, I'm a big, back in my day when I first got started in the sports betting industry, I used to listen to VEASAN all the time. So that's kind of how I got introduced to you. And now here I am hosting today in sports betting and have you on the show. So I'm really excited about it. And uh, we got some fun stuff to talk about today. It's too much of a lead up. You know, you have to manage expectations. So uh, you never want to, you never want to under deliver. So let's, let's temper it down a little bit. <laughs> All right, Mike. Uh, and just on cue, uh, Mike, with his, uh, his, his great personality. Guys, so what we're going to do today is talk to Mike a little bit about how he got started in the industry. Then we're going to get into some series prices and talk a little bit about maybe some picks for Friday or Saturday. Um, Mike, so, you know, you've had so much success in the sports betting and sports book industry. You know, how did you get your start? You know, what, what set you down this path and was it a little taboo for you Were you know, were your friends and family a little, you know, disappointed in you or how did that come about and, and how did you get to where you are today? Well, it, let's start with just how I got into gaming, uh, Ira, and uh, and because that'll lead into the story of uh, of Derek Stevens and an involvement uh, that I have now in in the industry. Um, I went to school at, at Notre Dame. I'm originally from Iowa. I went to Notre Dame. I was in the seminary program there for a couple of years. Actually, I decided I didn't want to be a priest, uh, but I wanted to be a school teacher. I uh, went back to Iowa and was teaching school after I graduated, uh, teaching in a Catholic school in Boone, Iowa, coaching three sports and making uh, $16,800 a year. So in the summers, uh, in the summers, uh, I, I picked up a job dealing poker uh, and I was making more in two and a half months dealing poker than I was uh, teaching school. So I went back for a second year teaching school and then sort of transitioned into the gaming industry. And, uh, you know, for the last... Uh, 24 years have been involved in the gaming industry, um, mostly from a table games perspective. Um, I had the opportunity to work in the Chicago land market, uh, went to Atlantic City when the Borgata opened for a year, um, came back to the Midwest for a year, and then out to Vegas in 2005. I started working at Fitzgerald's, uh, which is now the D, uh, in 2006. And uh, you know, Derek Stevens purchased the property in 2011, rebranded it to the D. Um, and so uh, with his involvement, one of his dreams was always to have his own sports book. We had a, had a William Hill sports book here at, uh, at the D and then a kiosk at, at uh, Golden Gate. Started to put together a, a sports book team uh, about two years ago and we officially launched our sports book June 1st, uh, 2019, Circa Sports. Of course, this is the precursor to the big resort that we're opening next month, Circa. And so it took the brand name on of Circa Sports. And uh, we've just, uh, I tell you, couldn't be happier the, the, you know, the first 15 months we've been in existence, how good Matt Metcalf, uh, Chris Bennett, his team have done. Jeff Benson, the operations manager, Mike Van Ehrman, who's the guy responsible for spreading the brand. You know, we're in Colorado now as a mobile app. We're going to be at the Tuscany just off the strip starting in March. Uh, uh, he's done. And uh, Jeff Davis, we just added to the team, former director at Caesars. So it's a tremendous team. I think we've gotten our name out there for being an uh, old school bookmaker, offering reasonable prices, uh, great odds, less takeout and, uh, and reasonable limits. And uh, so, uh, you know, we've had to get our foot in the door. It's a lower hold model, but what we've done well. As far as uh, 
from the other side of the, of the counter, from the betting side, you know, uh, I've always been involved uh, in betting. I mean, even when I was a teenager in betting sports um, and had continued to do so. Um, Derek had, had, was a great visionary. Uh, I remember it's uh, almost four years ago. He said, uh, let's go down to the South Point and have lunch um, with uh, Brent Musburger and his nephew. They're going to launch... They're going to launch this new sports betting network. Of course, this is before PASPA. You know, we only have it in Nevada. And they're going to launch this from South Point's building. Let's have lunch with them and talk about it. And I thought, well, this is, a, this is really a long shot that this is going to take off. I mean, so few people have, you know, really have access to sports betting legally. Uh, and we had lunch with him. And he got in on the ground floor there uh, with Vison and became an, an original investor. Um, and so, I mean, the story's told itself. Everybody uh, is aware of Vison and the tremendous success that it's had. But uh, so part of the uh, part of that first fall that they were in operation, um, the original My Guys in the Desert was a show that was on on the weekends, on Saturdays and Sundays, with Brent and Vinny in a mall. And so the first uh, college football Saturday, uh, they had Derek on to do a fifteen-minute segment. And then they had him on the next Saturday and Sunday. And he said, "Mike, this is hard to do. This is hard to talk for fifteen minutes about." about sports and giving picks. He goes, why don't you start coming on with me? We can help get me through the 15 minutes. And I said, okay. And, uh, and I went on with them the next week and sort of that's, that's where it all started. And it went from, from, from doing that once a week to probably being on the network at some point, six days a week and, you know, hosting, follow the money uh, when Paulie and Mitch are on vacation and, you know, being a regular on that show every Wednesday and doing Lombardi and doing Jonathan's show and, and doing, you know, we've done my guys every year. Now it's the Thursday, three o'clock Pacific spot. So I've had a lot of fun doing that. I do Gil's podcast, Gil Alexander, host of a numbers game that Megapod beat, uh, beating the book Megapod that he, this is a 10th season. So I joined it last year. So we do that every week. So I've gotten out there to where this is sort of my second full-time job with, uh, with uh, creating some good sports betting content and picking some winners here and there. I love it. I love the story. Uh, we did, I actually just had Gil on the show maybe about two weeks ago. So I feel like I'm part of VEASAN, you know, in some sort of way at this point, you know, just getting to know everybody and, uh, you know, having great conversations with them. Um, my, my question for you is, is a mall ever going to make a pick? Because it seems like, uh, especially when I used to listen religiously, he's always like, no, nah, I'm going to lay off that game, you know? Well, I, I sort of had a fun rivalry. I'm really good friends with them all, but we have a fun rivalry with him about, you know, every game is a pass for him. Yep, and I, yep. it, it, he actually bets, and we send each other bets. He does a lot of in-game betting. I mean, and when he bets, he bets. He bets, you know, from 500 to 4,000 on a game. But as a radio personality, it's frustrating, I think, for fans when you give up so few picks. So, like, yeah. he went up, as, as he was just getting back on, I'm doing Lombardi Line at 8 Pacific on Saturdays, and he's going to do it on Sundays and hosts the show later that he does uh, the green zone or whatever it's called now uh, with Adam Candy. But, you know, he, he did two segments. And after the first segment, I, I texted Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher. And I said, I make it 240 now. He's only got six minutes left. The, the audience is going to get nothing to bet. So, so they read the text <laughs> to him on air and he goaded him into giving uh, uh, Osaka Patrick Kvitova parlay. And of course, Kvitova lost. So I'm having some uh, fun with that right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I used to laugh all the time, especially with your little rivalry talking about that. So uh, it's it's fun to revisit that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Decent, obviously. Uh, you know, my favorite show was, or, you know, still is, 
probably, you know, outside of this podcast, obviously, is uh, Follow the Money, Mitch Moss, Polly Howard. They are probably the best radio I've ever, duo I've ever heard, just with their personalities and their banter. And Polly is just the, one of the funniest people I've ever had to listen to in my entire life. So uh, I, I, love when, I love when you're on the show, and I love, you know, just listening to them. So it's a lot of fun, and, and that's kind of how I really got into – wanting to do a podcast about sports betting it was really like i was listening to polly and mitch every morning and you know obviously with you and all the guests you know charchian and everybody from different sports books and you know john murray etc so it, that's kind of how i got started so i i appreciate you coming on and uh yeah thanks for letting us know about you know the funny thing about you and i is i was actually in seminary as well uh not on the not on the, on that, in that regard, in that religion, but, you know, I'm Jewish and I spent two years in the Holy Land studying, you know, the Bible and, you know, religious kind of, uh, you know, Bible study environment. So that's pretty funny. How did you, how did you meet Derek Stevens and how did you kind of grow with him? I mean, he, he really is, you know, kind of a trailblazer into the past, right? You know, this, this, a lot of the sports books now have become so corporate and so much red tape. And I just love kind of how he runs the operation over there. So how did you kind of link up with him? So uh, I came, as, as he says, as part of a real estate acquisition. I was working at Fitzgerald's um, when he bought the building from the Barton estate. Don Barton was our owner and he passed. And so the estate put the property up for sale. Derek had a 50% ownership in the Golden Gate down the street. And he wanted to, to, to buy into another casino that had a larger hotel product. Golden Gate's a small uh, niche property. And uh, the first time I met him, I didn't know who he was, really. I was running a poker tournament here at Fitzgerald's. And he and Dave Tuttle, who's our COO now, um, came up and just started asking me some questions about the tournaments and the poker room and all that. And I had no idea really who they were. And then a couple of months later, uh, it was announced that he was buying the property and uh, all the uh, department heads had a sit-down meeting with Derek and Dave uh, within the first two weeks when they took over. And um, I actually was working as two jobs at the time. I was working full-time also at the Venetian in the poker room. And wow. uh, yeah, and so the, the meeting I had with them was uh, they said, you know, we, our intention is to close the poker room. Um, we'll meet with you again in 48 hours. We'd like you to present your reasons why or why not you think that's a good decision. So I sat, uh, I sat there for two days and I put together all these lists and stats and all the peripheral income. I went through all the players that, that played in the poke room that if we didn't have a poke room, would they go to the Golden Nugget? Would they go to the Venetian? Would they go to the win? Would they go play in a different poke room? We'd lose their slot play, their wife's slot play, their game, you know, table games, all that. And I put this whole presentation together for them and, I thought it was terrific and they listened and at the end they said, yeah, we're going to close the poker room. And I, <laughs> and I, and I said, uh, you're like, what are we what? doing? You asked me well, to present this whole thing yeah. and now it's just no, you know? Yeah. I said, well now, now what, you know, what's for me? So I'm thinking, well, at least I have this job at the Venetian. Right. And I was running a Kino and specialty games at the time as well as poker, but they said, um, you seem to know a lot about sports and like, uh, what do you know about like running the TVs and running content on TVs and that? And I said, well, I mean, 
I have two TVs at home. I could do it for two TVs, but they're like, well, we're going to build a big bar. We're going to tear out the best slot section in the whole casino down on the first floor by the entrance. We're going to build a, a long bar. We're going to call it long bar. We're going to have 15, 70 inch TVs. And we need somebody that can run that bar and have the right sports on. And it's going to be the greatest place to watch sports downtown. And we'd like you to be responsible for that. And then also, how about you do the tournaments and special events and host the parties and keep running Kino and, and let's see where it goes. And by the way, we really need you to make a decision. We don't think you can work two full-time jobs. So we'd like to, <laughs> we'd like to, by the end of the week, figure out if you're going to stay at the Venetian or you're going to stay here. And so I went home and I talked to my wife and I said, boy, I don't know. This guy seems like a great entrepreneur. He's so successful in his manufacturing business in Michigan. And he's a gambler. He gets it. He knows it from that perspective. And at the same time, what a beautiful property the Venetian is, tremendous benefits, a lot of job security, right? So I said, well, let's take a shot. And there's probably a much higher ceiling for me here if I stay. And that's what I did. And I mean, and I've just grown with the company and, and it's been so good. And now we're at the point where we're going to open this, this mega resort with the world's largest sports book and this unbelievable two-story pool focused on sports content and this great sports book. So you know, I got lucky. You get lucky in life. A lot of it is happenstance, right? I mean, it's like the law of propinquity of who you marry. Well, you're only going to marry somebody you met, right? You can't, you know, so you're, you meet certain people in life and break, your breaks go one way or the other and you make decisions and, and that's how your path goes. So I've been very fortunate that, uh, you know, Derek's uh, shown an interest in me and, and mentored me in the business. And, and, and here we are today. And like Paulie Howard says, he thinks it's one of the top five jobs in the world. You know, I run a casino. I get to be responsible for the TV. So I, I, when I'm betting, I'm, I'm watching the games. I'm betting as well. I, I, there's just too many meetings. So he's, he sort of lowered the power ranking down to top 10. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it really, that's probably one of the, the things that kills me the most is when I'm at a casino or I'm at a bar or I'm at a restaurant with a bar they got five TVs, they got one game on, and the rest is like reruns of Law and & Order. And I'm like, hey, dude, I got like $1,000 on this game. Do you mind putting it to ESPN? You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, content, I know you, you're a big, uh, big proponent of that. So yeah, uh, hats off to you there. Uh, speaking of you know, running tournaments and things like that, the Circa Millions contest, I, uh, you can see I got my hat here, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I've played in it now. This is my second year playing in the contest, my third year playing in the uh, super contest over at the Westgate. Uh, Derek guaranteed, what, about $3 million, right, this year? And then COVID yeah, so, hit. And then COVID hit. So it, that must have been an experience. So I want to know, you know, talk to me about how the Circa Millions came, came about and tell me how anxious you were this year, you know, leading up to week one with the big overlay. So when we launched June 1st last year, we came out with the Circa Million, right? The, f the first year. And, uh, and we wanted to do the five games against the spread NFL each week. And, um, and, and so Derek wanted to set a guarantee, a guaranteed pool. We didn't know. We were nobody. We were a new brand. Nobody even knew our name. And we only really had three months to get signups. So he said, let's do a $1.5 million guarantee, a million to the winner. And then we were going to do something. We're going to play the quarters, right? 125000 a quarter. Yep. Um, so that it really became five contests, four mini contests, and then the overall big. And we only paid 10 spots because we had no idea how many people we were going to get. And last year, three weeks out, we had 300 entries, and we were like, oh, God, we were going to have a million-dollar overlay, and 
we had a tremendous rush late and we got 1,875 entries. So now we're sitting there right after Super Bowl and we're in a meeting up on the 12th floor here at the D and Derek says, number one, I want to introduce a last man standing, a survivor contest. And number two, I want to expand the guarantee in the million because we're, I think we're really growing now and you know, we can get a lot more people. So let's guarantee $3 million in the Circa Million Two and a million in the Survivor. So we need 1,000 entries in Survivor. Now we need 3,000 to break even in Circa Million Two. Well, then all of a sudden, we have the pandemic hit. We're closed for 11 weeks. The air travel goes to zero. And we're like, oh, what are we going to do? Are you, you know, people would understand if you lower the guarantee. We only have a couple dozen people signed up, right? And if they want their money back, we'll give them their money back. Derek said, no, we're going to work through this. We're going to put our foot on the gas. We're going to accelerate the marketing. We're going to go on every show known to man. We're going to talk about it. We're going to do our TV ads. And, uh, you know, three weeks out, we were sitting at about 500 this year. Uh, 500 and maybe 200 in the Survivor. The Survivor really picked up steam before the million two. And we pretty well knew a week and a half out we were going to get to the thousand. And we ended up with 1390. But we had such a rush the last two weeks at Circa Million Two. We're doing three, four, five hundred entries a day and ended up with 3,148. So it was really an incredible story that we, we actually exceeded and there was no overlay. It's unbelievable because I registered maybe five or six days. I can't remember exactly. Five or six days before week one kicked off. And I think the overlay when I came to town was right around a million dollars. And I couldn't believe it. I actually, you know, I live in Miami. So... I was going to fly and then co to register. I mean, it's, I, I, I want to play it every year. And then the, the pandemic hit and things were serious and nobody really knew a lot of information about the disease. And I was like, well, maybe I won't go to Vegas this year just because, you know, I'm a little scared to fly and things like that. And then I ended up going down to, uh, to Mexico to train with my cousin who's training for the PGA tour. He's trying to make the tour. And so I was in Mexico and, you know, my thoughts, not necessarily my thoughts on the virus, but you know, we know a lot, a little bit more information on it now. And since I was on the West coast, I, uh, I flew from San Diego, Vegas, spent one night in Vegas, registered for the contest and then flew back home. So I'm happy I did. And, and I'm a big proponent, you know, I'm a poker player myself for many, many years. I'm a big proponent in terms of guarantees. If you build it, they will come, you know, people can't, people can't resist the overlay. And that's not why I play. I just play because I really enjoy being a part of it. And I love trying to pick five games against the spread every week in the NFL. And, you know, if I'm going to spend X amount of dollars betting on the NFL every week, I may as well allocate some of my bankroll to entering these contests. When else am I going to get a shot to turn a thousand or $1,500 into a million or $1.5 million? You know what I mean? So that's kind of, where I, that's how I think about the contest, um, in terms of my bankroll. So yeah, I'm, I'm so happy with what you guys are doing over there with, uh, with everything. I can't wait to stay at the new resort, by the way. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. So on October 28th, we're opening the casino and the pool and the restaurants. The hotel will open in late December. We're hoping mid December, but we're guaranteeing late December. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
workbook, guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Remember? With COVID, the big issue was, well, two things. One, it was good in that we could, we could work around the clock because we didn't have any neighbors with their businesses going, right, for those 11 weeks. But the bad thing was, with social distancing, instead of getting 20 guys up on the elevator to build the tower, you could only have four. So it really hampered the hotel. So we were able to get the casino and the, and the, the five-floor podium done early, but not, not the, the hotel tower. So the hotel won't open till later. But, yeah, fantastic room product, almost 100 suites, uh, it's going to be really great. How did your, uh, how many entries did you get in the uh, Circa Million Two, Ira? So I entered one. I'm not a big survivor pool guy, so I didn't enter that. I was thinking about it, and then I just shied away from it. Uh, I decided to play Circa Millions Two and, you know, the Super Contest as well. So those were the two contests I entered. My picks last week went two and three. Um, you know, week one is always tough. You know, you never really know what team you're going to get, you know, and now with more information, you get to break down the tapes and look at the teams and kind of see the defense on and the offense on both sides of the ball and see how they're playing. And, but yeah, I mean, talk about Circa Millions. I mean, what, I mean, do you, I mean, I know you, you, I don't know, you probably can't play, but I mean, I know you come on to the show. I know, you know, must be, Brett Musburger always talks about his picks with the super contest and has John Murray give him a pick every week and <laughs> like that. Um, what are your, what are your overall thoughts from week one of an NFL? I mean, my, my overall thought was just, it's kind of like the NBA bubble in the first, you know, before the playoffs really started. It's just like, it seems like offenses are just dominating defenses. There's not a lot of noise out there. There's no crowds obviously. So the offenses have a lot more, you know, uh, flu, flu- fluid uh, motions and being able to speak with them and, and talk to them inside the huddle and being able to communicate any takeaways from week one in the NFL for you, besides the flop uh, Jalen Ramsey on Sunday night football. Well, <laughs> I, uh, I, I thought the people that missed the preseason the most were the officials. I think they've been freaking awful. Horrible. Uh, horrible. horrible. And, and how about the first play of the game last night? The guy's out of bounds by five yards and they, they have to use a challenge to get the correct call. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's really been pretty bad. And, of course, Sunday, Tony Carinti is always confused. I mean, they used to have the mandatory retirement age, and then, and then they got sued by Ben Dreif, so they dropped that. But yep. Carinti, Carinti 
Remember he called in the playoff game that when, he, when, when the, 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 the Bills back flipped him the ball after the kickoff and he called it a safety yep. or a touchdown? Yep. He horrible. didn't even know what was going on. I mean, and, and they were confused. But uh, those, two, those two must make your no hyperbole list, right? Yeah, I get to do that. I get to do that every <laughs> week. The coaching, playing, and, and referee and organizational blunders each week. Um, so, so I, all summer I talked about if there's nobody in the stands, don't these totals have to get adjusted up four, five, or six points? And they really weren't. I, I thought maybe we saw a point and a half, two on most games. But, you know, in the, in the NFL, if it's third and seven or longer, the crowd's on their feet in every stadium where the game's still a competitive game. And it's so hard to audible. And not only the false starts, but just the offensive line firing all at one time and that noise, you don't have that anymore. The road, the road team point averages, I think, are going to be up significantly this year because of that. Uh, that's one takeaway. Um, for me, I don't enter – I can't enter the contests here. I don't enter, um, like, the Westgate – even though it's a terrific contest, I, I just think it's hard to pick five games. The NFL sure numbers are so sure tight. Yeah, you know, look at that number last night, six. I mean, come on. I, I mean, it, 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 it's so tough. If I make three NFL picks in a whole weekend, that's a lot, and and, and a lot of it is totals for me. So um, it's really hard. I would have I would have played Survivor, and so Derek and I did for for Matt Humans on his show. Now that he's doing my guys, a mythical four entries starting out and just for fun if we were really in it. So Derek did a double option where he picked opposite. He picked two Colts, two Jaguars, just to get two to move on. I just tried <laughs> to pick four winners, and I went one and three. So I'm down to one entry. Wow. I, mean, I had the Colts, loser, 49ers, probably should have won but lost. Sickening Detroit Lions loss. I mean, I still can't believe they lost that game. And then, and then, and then I barely escaped Denver with, with Tennessee on Monday night. So, I mean, I'm – I used Cleveland in this mythical thing last night, so I advanced. Derek's got two on Tennessee, so if they get upset, maybe I have a chance of beating them in the cup. But that's, it's tough. Even just picking a winner is tough. And then it gets interesting later in the year when you can only use the team once. And for our contest, we made Thanksgiving Day its own week. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, yes. Yeah, you, NFL- have to save, you have to save at least two of those six teams if you're still in on Thanksgiving Day. I mean, people probably saving Dallas against the Washington football team for, for Thanksgiving, but it, it's really interesting. Or maybe the contest doesn't even get that far. Maybe, if, you know, we had 1,390 entries. We're down to 805 after week one. Wow. Yeah, I mean, NFL is so, so, so tough. Um, it happens to be one of my best sports, but I would say I like to bet on teams where the public is super low on one team and they're super high on the other side. So that's kind of how I strategize when I play NFL in terms of the lines and kind of how the public and the overall sentiment in the market views one team uh, over another. So, yeah, I know I'm just excited. Hopefully, hopefully I have a better week this week and uh, can move up the leaderboard and, and maybe take down that prize and, and come, come out to Vegas and meet you guys in person. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll get to party uh, together at the, uh, the new hotel. Um, yeah. So, so I know you're, uh, I mean, I, obviously I follow you on Twitter, longtime follower. You got the Mike Palm, the Palm Readers. I know you give out picks all the time. Um, you're big into, I know you're big into baseball and hockey. Um, you know, I know, I know because I listen to the show, I know you had Dallas before the season. 
Uh, I believe it was, what, 12 to 1 before the season? 15 to 1. 15 to 1. And uh, things looked rough real early in the season for Dallas. I mean, I'm a big hockey guy. It's my favorite sport. I love betting it as well. Um, I had Vegas Golden Knights futures at 10 to 1, so I'm kind of a, a little upset that they upset Vegas. But now you're in a good spot. I do have the Lightning at 7 to 1 to win the Cup. Now, the series prices, you know, with the Lightning advancing last night against the Islanders, what, what are your overall takes on this series? And uh, with the Lightning being a huge, huge favorite in this series, do you think Dallas has a chance? Are you, are you hedging your position with Dallas? So uh, several questions there. One, I, have, I had 500 on Dallas at plus 1,500 preseason. This is back in September 19. And I bet 500 on the, on the Islanders at 30 to 1. Those were my two future tickets. So I waited, and when the Stars eliminated uh, the Knights and the Islanders were down 3-1, then I bet uh, Tampa minus 140 to win the Cup. So I laid 3,500 to win 2,500. Now, the best thing would have been if the Islanders came back and I had Dallas and the Islanders, but I, I thought that was very unlikely at that point. If it would have been 2-2, I would have just let it, let it go. And then at 3-2, I might have hedged a game. So my results now, overall with the future tickets, the three of them, if Dallas wins, I, I profit 4000 If Tampa wins, I profit 2000 So, I mean, I, I have a $2,000 uh, better result to Dallas. That being said, I don't uh, – you know, Paulie and I made a bet for lunch. He thought the price would be 180. I thought it would be 220. And so we, we made a bet if it was 200 or higher, he was buying me lunch. If it was less than $2, if it was less than $2, I owed him lunch. Of course, I, it came out 220 right on the number. Right on the number. Um, yeah, they bet Dallas. I, I see it's down to $2 in some places, but still 215, 210, 220 other places. That's about right to me. I mean, I, I can understand that. Um, Look, when I bet, I bet the Islanders in Dallas, I, I based it really on two things. I love the two coaches, and they both had solid backups, okay? Kadobin's a solid backup. So is Grice, right? And, and really, in, in the, they played them 1A and 1B throughout the first part of the year, especially at that 17-game point streak. They were going Varlamov-Grice, Varlamov-Grice, and rotating. It was a straight platoon almost, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. So Varlamov obviously sees the job later in the year and then into the playoffs, but – I really didn't like my Dallas ticket once they fired Jim Montgomery. I'm a huge Jim Montgomery fan. Jim Montgomery's won everywhere he went. University of Denver, my hometown, Dubuque, Iowa, with the Dubuque Fighting Saints when they brought that franchise back. I love Jim Montgomery. He got himself into some trouble. He, he was released. Uh, there's several stories we've heard, but uh, I know alcohol was involved in, as part of it, but there was some other things. So, you know, Rick Bonus has been around for 50 years in the league, but I, I just like the defensive mentality. And then Ben Bishop is all of a sudden unfit to play, right? I mean, horrible. I mean, and when he comes back, he looks absolutely like a different, like Jekyll and Hyde, night and day, just like a different goalie. He was a, he was actually unfit when he played. I mean, he was <laughs> horrific against Calgary in the first what thirteen minutes of the game. He gave up four goals. Horrible, horrible. <laughs> it's just awful. I didn't even know who he was. But uh, so now you're stuck with a backup goalie and a backup, and they've just they've just somehow they found scoring uh, for other than their top line, you know, and and. Kadobin's been decent. I don't think he's been great. I mean, I thought Leonard was the better goaltender in the series, uh, you know. So Varla, uh, Vasilevsky is clearly the better of the two goalies to me. Um, 
Tampa lacks the punch that they had without Stamkos, and I know that they've had lingering injuries where guys have missed parts of games, but they're just so solid. It will really surprise me if Dallas wins the series. If they can steal one of the first couple games, I mean, they're going to have to play that style. They're not going to be able to play like they, they, they so wide open like they did against Colorado. They're just not going to be able to do that because the goaltending is a lot better. I mean, they, Colorado, remember, didn't have Grubauer in that series as well. So I think Dallas is fortunate. They're fortunate they got to this point. And now, I mean, I, I'm, I'm rooting for them, but uh, I, I think the price is right at about $2 with Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, uh, speaking of head coaching, uh, I don't under, still don't understand how the Golden Knights uh, went ahead and fired Gallant and hired DeBoer. Like, that makes zero sense. Obviously, they have a fantastic team. Le- Leonard is probably, in my opinion, probably the best goalie in the National Hockey League. That's just my take. Uh, I don't know if you think it's a coaching problem in Vegas. What, what do you think happened there in that series? It, it, very disappointing to me. I thought you saw it in the series against Vancouver the last three games. That their quality of their chances, forget the shots on goal, it's a misleading statistic. Mm-hmm. The quality of the chances is much more, but the quality of their shots is horrible. None of these guys want to go to the net. They don't get any presence in front of the net. I mean, the, the goal they won, I give the board credit for this, the, the goal they scored they won in, in game seven against Vancouver came at the start of the power play, and he called the timeout to set up the screenplay, and it worked. I mean, that's the only goal they scored. They could still be playing. It could still be 0-0 two weeks later if they hadn't scored that goal. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I think they need to make some moves in the offseason. Uh, I've never been a big Tuck fan, and I know he comes and he eats at Andiamo here at the D all the time, but I, I think he, he plays he, – he just plays too much in his own, to his own drummer there. Uh, and, and Schmidt needs to either get back on the juice or do something else or, or, or move out. I don't, I don't know. I think there's some moves they can make. I don't know. I didn't like firing Gallant, but, I mean, I don't blame DeBoer. So, I mean, poor Gallant. I mean, all he did was take him to a final, got screwed out of the game seven in San Jose by a horrific call that made the NHL change their rules on replaying yep. majors. And, I mean, they were they, – the whole Western – the whole Pacific Division, four teams were within six points of each other the whole season. So, I mean, that just fell as it fell. You know what I mean? Vegas had that – had the advantage – of the season being shortened that they didn't have, they were supposed to play 10 of their last 14 on the road. So they really lucked into the three seed and then played well for three games to get the one seed. So there was a lot of fortunate things to get them to that spot. But, uh, uh, you know, I don't blame Leonard and I certainly don't blame DeBoer. I think they'll make some changes. They have a really good organization, great ownership, a great GM, and, and I'm confident they'll be back in a strong contender next year. Before we move on to baseball, I think that the Canucks are going to be very, very, very good. Love to Foley. Markstrom is very capable in that. And the whole cast over there, I mean, uh, Quinn and everybody, I, I really like the Canucks moving forward, just what, out of what I saw from them in the bubble. Yeah, they're an exciting team, and uh, they got a great future ahead of them. It, I think, you know, maybe next year, but this is a team two, three, four years out will probably be uh, – uh, be right there as, as talking about most points in the Western Conference uh, for a while. Yep. All right. So, Mike, I know you're a big fan of the first fives in baseball. Uh, how, how do you kind of look at these games and, and, and really focus on the derivative markets of the first five? And is there anything you like, you know, statistically, statistic-wise when you're looking at these first fives? Well, the reason I play first fives is because these bullpens are just 
a total fiasco. Horrible. I mean, even the the even the bullpens that are supposed to be good. I mean, are they good? They're just not consistent. I mean, the Padres. I thought the Padres would have the best bullpen, and, and they. But I mean, I I bet you they blew four or five games in the first three weeks of the season with the bullpen, where they blew three, four run leads, and we're doing consistently. Um, you know, the White Sox have a sneaky bullpen. I really like this White Sox team. I think they've got a real legitimate shot to win the World Series this year. They're a fun team. They've been pointing to this. And if they can get the starting pitching, I know you saw Rodrigo Lopez go toe-to-toe with, uh, with my guy Maeda yesterday. I mean, that was you shocking. Can get those ki- that was you shocking. can get those kind of performances. You know what I mean? You, you've got uh, Giolito looking like he did last year. Um, and uh, you get a little bit – Keiko's been a great pickup for him, giving them consistency. As- Mm-hmm. Uh, giving them consistency. And then the, the guy, Dylan Cease, who I used to call DCs last year because he struggled. <laughs> he struggled at his freshman campaign. But, I mean, he's got great stuff too. So you're going to need a fourth starter somewhere because, you know, those next series, the, the, the division series and the league championships, no days off. I mean, there's no, there's no days off at all. So the first series, like the Reds, if the Reds can get in, and I have a ticket on them at 20-1 to 1 to win the National League. They can't hit. They, they can't they hit. Can, but if they can, yeah, Paulie keeps saying, what are the totals going to be, five and a half? If they can get in, who wants to face Sonny Gray, Bauer, and Castillo in a three-game series? Nobody, really, but they hit in 220. I mean, who, who is Joey Vada? I mean, he, he doesn't even look like a guy he was three years ago. And Castellanos, for as good as he can look, he's still a, a 230 hitter. So I, I just, they're, they're better than that. Galvez is better than that, but they haven't hit. Wink, Winkler's actually probably been their best hitter over the last two or three weeks, but Anyhow, if they can get in. But I like to isolate it to the first fives. I like to play totals. If you can get a total of five with some of these pitchers that are not as well known and publicly backed, and I give examples like, and he did it last night. The problem was Dakota Hudson came out. Brault for Pittsburgh. I love betting Brault first five unders. I love betting Brad Keller in Kansas City. But now he's suddenly pitched so well this year, the market's catching up to him, and now the totals are four. But I love these fives. You've got to score six runs in the first five innings to beat you. So you'll see a lot of first five unders from me. And then I like to just isolate starting pitchers and bet them first five. I have two plays today, dogs in the first five that I took. I like, I like the D-backs at Houston. And I, I took Gallon at plus 151 the first five uh, against Granke. I mean, Gallon's pitched to bad luck this year. His numbers are excellent. They just haven't scored many runs for him. And uh, the D-backs really uh, – pick their bats up in this series in Anaheim. I mean, they scored a ton of runs. I hope they can carry it over tonight. If they can get him three in the first five, I think I'll be in good shape. And then I'm going to fade panic, and I'm going to take uh, Yusei Kikuchi, I say tomato tonight, at plus 165 in the first five. Uh, so two dog plays tonight. I love it. I love it. Uh, I love the first fives, and, and, and you actually turned me on to it a couple, you know, maybe about a year or two ago. The first five unders, I mean, it's, it's a great sweat. It's a lot of fun, and especially if you can find, like you said, these pitchers who are not as well-known and who actually have good numbers and the market just hasn't caught up to them, you can really, you know, jump on them. And I love the fives. First five under five or under six. Like, I've been playing a lot of first five under six and a half with the Rockies a lot mm-hmm. this year, and it's been pretty profitable. So these big numbers – unless you're really going up against such a star studded lineup, like, you know, the Yankees when they're healthy and things like that, these under fives are, are, are a lot of fun to bet and a lot of, uh, you know, fun to sweat. So um, any, any football picks, any college football for you before we go? 
you know, I'm not even really looking at college football yet. Uh, I do like uh, Carolina getting nine at Tampa Bay in the NFL this week. I just think that number's exaggerated. Um, I'm still not sold on Brady. He didn't do anything in week one to convince me he isn't the quarterback he was the last eight weeks last year. And uh, I like this. I like this, Carolina. I think Matt Rule will be better. It was a horrific play call, fourth and inches, not trying to get the ball to McCaffrey or get Bridgewater, you know, out, out of the pocket with some play action. But uh, that was a great game with the Raiders and Carolina. I, I thought this game would be a four and a half or a five. I can't believe it's nine. So I jumped on that. Yeah, I, uh, I'm glad you said that about the Panthers because I actually made my picks late last night for the Circa Millions contest, and the Panthers are one of my five. I thought this line should have been five and a half, six and a half, something like that. I think everyone's overreacting to the number. Uh, my five picks, just so everyone knows, Panthers, Falcons, Dolphins, Vikings, Raiders. Those are my five picks for this week. May change, who knows, but those are the five that I feel the most comfortable with and what I saw out of the teams and a little bit of overreaction to the line movement. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can everyone find you on Twitter? What's your handle? It's uh, Mike Palm Circa. Mike, thank you so much. I'm at Iris Silver Magic. We're a hoop ball presentation. We're at Hoop Ball Gaming on Twitter as well. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike, and uh, hopefully we'll get to have you on again. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom and happy holidays. Thank you. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.